0: The Big Vets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They
1: just
2: got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. Gone. Oh, they it. A miracle. A Double order.
1: Hit that one from the parking lot. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to Big Bets on Campus podcast. This is the first college basketball betting preview. I'm stuck in joining me, as they will all season, are my co hosts BJ Cunningham and Mike Calabrese. Gentlemen, are you ready to talk college hoops? BJ, I'll start with you. You ready to get us going?
2: Yeah, I mean, college football's over. We're nearing the NFL playoffs, so... I mean, now that we have so many college basketball teams, it seems like every Saturday and Sunday is just an absolute war with 150 to 160 games in a weekend. But this is a really, really fun time of year uh, trying to shake shake out this entire national landscape before we actually get to March and then when all chaos ensues.
1: Yeah, uh, it's we're, we're recording this on a Monday afternoon just to give everyone a heads up. We usually will record Monday morning release it early afternoon for the Monday night slate, but it's a holiday, really kind of a March feel right now. We have college basketball on during the day. Um, so it's good to do this first episode of the season right now. But normally normal week will be Monday, you know, early afternoon episode release. The guys from Three Man Weave will do the midweek episode. And then, of course, we'll be back on Friday uh, to preview the weekend, as always, all the way through the tournament. And then we'll have our uh, m- myself and, the guys from the three-man weave will have a, a live show on Saturday mornings for Big Bets on Campus Live coming up uh, probably in a couple of Saturdays from now, starting that throughout the tournament. So stay tuned for updates there. Mike, how's it going? You excited to uh, get this rolling and find some winners and, and some futures and just college basketball is in full season?
0: It is a great opportunity to welcome in kind of a broader audience because a lot of folks have just now started to pay attention to college basketball and there's always that fear. Oh, the season's halfway over. I, I must be so far behind. No, not really. We don't really know what's going on from uh you know the top of the board perspective. The AP top 10 has been a revolving door. You got teams like Xavier now all of a sudden eighth in the country. I think if you told people that preseason, that'd be pretty shocking. And then honestly, for me, the only team that I feel a hundred percent confident getting to the second weekend in the entire country is houston just because they you know their defense is so good and it travels so well and they're not going to be tested for the rest of their conference play so they basically are cruising to a number one seed outside of that everything is truly fluid and i think it pays to do your homework on a week-to-week basis and try to get a feel for these teams as they get more into to conference play and also we'll get, touch on this a little bit later in the show but There's some teams that are moving their way up, you know, the Clemsons of the world, but they're doing almost all of their best work at home. And as we know, during conference play, tournament play, I should say, as well as March Madness, you got to be able to win games on the road. So just a lot of fool's gold being produced at this point in the season. So I'm really excited to pick your brain and BJ's brain as we move through the season.
1: Yeah, we're going to start. We'll start high level today, just as the introductory (coughs) pod. We'll talk about key takeaways from the whole season, then this weekend. And then we'll also get into what futures we have. Uh, and then we'll talk a uh, little Kansas Kansas state tomorrow. And then our best bets for tomorrow night. And yeah, I, I, I guess let's, let's, let's just start high level 1st Your the biggest takeaway to me. And you kind of touched on this and I think it's going to make for an amazing tournament is there's who do you trust? There's no elite. There's no elite team that's head and shoulders above the rest. Right. Uh, and then the blue, the blue bloods, right. Like the, North Carolina, they, are they just in cruise control like they were last year? Because they know how good they are, but they've been disappointing Duke. I know Kentucky won at Tennessee, but man, they've they're losing as 20 point favorites. So it is wide open landscape. And I'll say a key takeaway for me from the season, and I guess from this weekend too, who do you trust? One of those teams, and I agree, Houston, just their defense, their experience, their coaching, one of those teams that, you know, one of the few that I'll just pencil in to the second weekend you know, is rising up to that level now who actually beat Houston is Alabama. I mean, man, do they, what, I mean, number one, the talent that they have and what they did uh, to LSU, just a complete evisceration. But having a guy like Sears uh, who just is so in control, knows when to take the big shots. He's that veteran presence on a team with uber talent and depth. And Alabama is scary. They are real. Uh, They're they're ascending into like, oh, I trust this team just what they're doing on a on a nightly basis. So that's kind of my biggest takeaway so far from this wide open, awesome. You know, it's going to make for a great tournament. BJ, I'll go to you uh, if you want to. I don't know, if you want to go either overall high level this weekend um, or both, what, what are you a key takeaway that you want to bring up here?
2: Yeah, I mean, my, my big takeaway from the weekend was kind of going along your lines of how good Alabama is. Not only I think, you know, we have the fast paced offense, we have. Them, you know, scoring 106 points against LSU, but they're a top 10 Ken Palm defensive team now. So yeah. I, I agree with you. They're a very, very dangerous team. And it looks like they should probably be the favorites to to win the SEC right now with Tennessee going down to Kentucky. But my one biggest takeaway from the entire season is just how stacked the Big 12 is right now. We have crazy. Nine of the 10 teams are currently inside the Ken Palm top 40. And every single week and weekend, it seems like there are two or three top 25 showdowns. Kansas is currently 5-0 and 0 in conference play with four wins by four points or less. Flip side of the coin, West Virginia is 0-5 with four losses by seven points or less, which just shows you how much depth there is in this conference. And once we get to March, one of these mid-level teams who maybe finishes 500, maybe a little over 500 in the Big 12, is going to be an 8 or a 9 seed. And they're going to be very, very dangerous, potentially taking out a 1 or a 2 seed. And I was curious. I'm going to go, I'm gonna give you guys a little quick trivia question here. The most bids ever for a single league to the NCAA tournament is eleven. Can you guys name what conference that is, and bonus, what year it was?
0: Uh, I'll go first, Mike. Big Big East Conference, and I'll correct. say.
2: That is correct. 2011 Big East. I was going to
0: say ten.
1: So, I was going to say 2010 to be totally the worst, honest. Yeah, the close. worst trivia host ever. But great, great <laughs> they're call like, dang, uh, you
0: got it wrong. Sorry about that.
1: Yeah, Big um, East, 2011.
2: Yeah, I mean, but, look. Yeah, the, it's just it's crazy
1: just how how Texas Tech is that. zero and five and West Virginia are zero and five and they, like they're the they're in the basement and those are really good. like you, they're Texas those Tech are tournament lost. quality teams.
2: Texas Tech just lost in Austin by two to Texas. I know yep. it was kind of out of hand and they were fouling a ton at the end, but still,
1: it's crazy. Yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about the Big Twelve fest, and I agree that you're you get in from, you know, you're gonna be an undervalued like twelve seed, mm-hmm. you know, the, the last team in from the Big Twelve. You're you're battle tested for three months. I mean, every there's no there's no break. Um, but yeah, I, and just to add on to Alabama, because they're young and they the the win at Houston, they were they were behind young team playing a team that had revenge from last year. They wanted that game. That experience that was I to me that that was probably the most impressive win of the season so far. Is that Alabama win at Houston coming back in the way that they did? and a hostile environment. Amazing. win, Mike, what do you want to touch on high level just from either this weekend or the whole season?
0: So I, I'm not saying it's over yet, but I'm a little bit disappointed in the mid-major crop because with a year that's as topsy-turvy at the top of the, the AP poll, I was hoping that we'd have some more teams. I mean, obviously, right now we have Charleston and FAU just cracked the top 25. But when you look at these teams, it's hard to get really excited about a deep run. I know that Charleston bombs away from three, but they're outside the top 200 in terms of three-point shooting percentage. Then you got St. Mary's, who've been reeling off you know tons of wins, But they've lost all of their close games to good teams. They lost to Houston, New Mexico, Washington, Colorado State, all by less than five points. So you could view that as they're right there on the cusp, or you could say they can't get it done against, you know, quad one teams. And then, you know, just trying to get my talk myself into some of these other mid majors, UC Santa Barbara. I love Pasternak a, a lot. I mean, they finished top two in the Big West for the last five years. They play slower. So I like that contrast. They're good on defense, but. I'm just looking for somebody that I can hang my hat on that can be my darling going into March. And I haven't found them yet. And then you you pair that with, you know, the sad injury to Jelly Walker. There's just like a lot of teams. That are just, they're just like a piece away from really talking yourself into them at this point. So maybe that'll change in the next month. Obviously there's plenty of meaningful games to be played at the second half of January and February, but as it stands right now, I don't necessarily have a team that I'm fired up to, you know, put to the sweet 16 as soon as that bracket comes out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 also hunting for who my my darling is gonna be. Uh someone will merge. There might be a team or two. And as we're talking, I was bringing up to you guys right like 10 minutes ago. We want, I wanted Michigan State second at They're down like eight to ten. Well they're down two now, so that's not gonna be a bad. We're gonna talk about the big ten coming up. Uh let's let's transition into actually before we get into the futures, what futures we have, um, let's do a quick rant. I'm gonna open this up. It could be rant of the weekend or it could be the whole season. Since so this is the first episode I'm going to rant about a team that has cost me, I think more money than any team this year is Wyoming and don't do this people. But I know that, you know, I had a big Saturday and I know that people that are following me are going to either, if they're down, they're going to bet a, a lot on the, the late game starts at 11 o'clock or they're going to try to double up. Don't do that. It's one game, but I always, I know that people are going to do it. So I always watch the late game with more interest, knowing that people are going to chase and, and do dumb betting things and Wyoming desperation effort playing Boise state who doesn't miss a shot. Um, I, I just, it was, a, it was just a, I mean, I know that they've been missing guys and I really like their coach and, uh, but it was just a, a, a lackadaisical effort. In my opinion, for a team at home, tough place to play, just desperate. Like they're, they haven't thrown have up a win yet in the mountain West playing Boise off that UNLV win is a great spot and just dud. I mean, it was Boise from the get-go I know Mod had like a broken nose. I mean, that had a nosebleed that cost him the first five minutes, of the second half, but anyone could figure out Wyoming. I should just date him, maybe, but uh let me know. That's my rant is Wyoming. Well, I mean, you let me down. You didn't even give us hope in the late night spot. Uh BJ, let me go to you. Any rant of the year or weekend?
2: Yeah, it's you know, I wasn't on this, but I'm gonna rant for anybody who did have it. Have you guys seen what's been going on with UC San Diego the last few games? They had, the, I think the worst, the worst, the worst lead in the history ever. of college basketball. <laughs> so they yeah worst speed ever. Not only did what ha- so what happened essentially is they were plus three and a half against UC Riverside. UC Riverside made a free throw to go up three with two seconds left. They just but they were up. also up
1: like thirteen. Like, yes, that's what I was know. gonna say.
2: They were up fourteen with seven minutes left to play. They completely collapsed. Then with two seconds left, they just inexplicably just threw the ball right to the UC Riverside guy, and instead of just holding on to it, winning by three. One second get, it was one second. One left. second just jacks up a 3 and hits it and they win by 6. But the very next game on Saturday, they played uh Cal State Bakersfield. Again, they had a 13-point lead with 10 minutes left to go. They were plus 3 again and they turned the ball over twice in the final minute when they were essentially down two, fouled on a breakaway when they didn't need to and you know, Bakersfield goes line, makes one of two, goes up and wins by 4 we're recording this obviously on Monday. They play tonight and they are plus three against or plus three and a half against UC Davis, which is just hilarious. Uh, but yeah. And that's the thing is now that since we have so many teams in college basketball, these type of things just tend to happen. But I have never yeah. seen anything like to just throw it right to the guy and just jack up a meaningless three. I, I think that might've been the worst Pete will be yeah, the, the
1: only season. Uh, I think it definitely have the season. The only one that I can come up with that's touches it are uh, back in 2007. Dan Dockich was coaching Bowling Green, and they were plus six and a half at Buffalo. Buffalo is down two with the ball. They throw up an air ball. Bowling Green hands up, run to the run to the locker, and we won. the The refs went and they reviewed. They're at the monitor, and they say there should be point one second left when the air ball when the it was an air ball shot and it hit the out of bounds line. This is ten minutes later, apparently. The sports books in Vegas paid out the plus six and a half. The refs say, "Uh, we got to finish this point point one second. Bowling greens in the showers. They have to come out of the showers. They assess them a technical for not for leaving the court. Oh my Buffalo God. makes both free throws and wins by eight in overtime and covers six and a half. Oh my! God. Absolute. that's okay
2: that that is the worst that i've ever heard yeah but
1: that outside of that there's a couple other like bench technicals i think with an iona game once but that was up there uh so yeah great call out there we'll we'll probably be uh at the end of the year one of the worst beats in any sport of the entire season mike what do you got for rant or do you want to get anything off your chest
0: well, quickly, one of the worst bad beats I ever experienced. Um, I think I blacked it out so badly. I can't even remember the team I bet on. I just know that they were playing New Mexico State, and New Mexico State had a promotion where all their fans dressed up in pajamas and did a pillow fight at midcourt at halftime. And there was this big, fat guy who fell on the court, and apparently he greased it up a little bit. My point guard, first possession of the second half, turns his ankle – Out of the game. And then it was a runaway after that. And I only knew it because the ESPN three telecast, they showed that there was like all this mayhem on the court at halftime. And maybe that's what screwed things up. So that is always fresh in my mind. In terms of rant, that's a little bit more topical. At this point, I still think the AP voters are scared to put in these mid majors who, in my opinion, have proven that they're quality teams and they want to leave a team like Arkansas in the top 25, Arkansas without Nick Smith Jr. They're not a top 25 team period. And I would just score. Can't shoot. They, They make like two threes a game. Like I understand that it can be a bridge too far for the voters to drop them, what well, were they, fourteenth in the AP poll last week? It's like just have some guts and put in a team like New Mexico. Jalen House going from a high major down to New Mexico, he's turned into an absolute star. They beat San I love him. He plays
1: every play like right. I've always loved him. He plays every play like it's the last play of the season. It's he's amazing. Yeah, they're 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 legit.
0: I wanted to see them reward them in the same way they rewarded Florida Atlantic for this great season they're putting together and putting them in the top 25. But at this point, that's nitpicking a little bit. But that's as far as I'll go in terms of a rant at this point in the season.
1: Yep. Uh, by the way, this is – I mentioned Three Man Weave does a, a, our midweek episode. Someone sent me this shirt, Three Man Weave with a giant X through it. I don't know who would have known my address to send this. I thought, I thought it was like uh, a grateful keg thing keg would have done he said nope i wish i did i wish it was my bit he didn't i don't know who sent this we i was just joking with jim root i was like this is gonna be like the start of a dateline episode you guys are gonna go into hiding um like this is the first clue like I, like what who i thought i was like first when i opened i said i thought the three-man weave guys sent." i was like this is a weird uh logo to have like a bit x across your so if anyone knows or wants to claim it uh it would help me uh help hope the guys three-man weave sleep a little easier at night but um, let's get into what, who, what, who, if you have futures, what your futures are. And then also you can, for people that aren't familiar with any of us who are uh, tuning in for the first time, we can kind of give a little bit of background of who your teams are from a, just a fan perspective as well. Uh, I'll start. I have, I'm originally from uh, right outside of Philadelphia. I went to school at GW. Don't care about GW's basketball team. There's zero school spirit. I was there on pop was there by the way um oh. that was like their probably their best team but um no school spirit there it was uh sad sad sports fine. no football team that's really what does it um but went to grew up without um I didn't have a team I just I always loved players and then you know I started betting betting college basketball for I mean since high school 20 years now I'm going on 20 years it's whoever I had a future on was my team um and but now then I moved you know married a Kentucky girl she went to Kentucky. Uh I moved to Lexington. So I'm kind of a Kentucky fan, you know, adopted Kentucky fan. I I, I don't it's not like I'm uh you know li- live and die like people that were born here. And but I, I root for them, obviously. It's good for uh, my wife and and her bar. Shout out to Stagger Inn If you're ever uh down in Lexington, I'll buy you a drink. But so I'm an adopted Kentucky fan. But this year, my team is TCU. Uh I have I bought a future on them uh way back and I rarely do this, but I assumed, I thought, I was kind of taking a stab that Miles and Ball would come back. And this is a team they're they're gonna be, you no, know, we just talked about the Big 12. They're gonna be tested throughout. And number one, I love their coach. They're gonna they're they're gonna be Mike, you mentioned this like who can you trust to get to the second weekend? Now they they can't shoot, but that's like a they're not a team that's like, oh, they're off from three. They can get upset. Number one, this is a team that is elite in transition. I mean, they they look like an NBA team in transition. They will get out on the boards. And then they're, who cares if they're missing their threes? One of the best, if not the best offensive rebounding team in the country. And they have a guard in Miles who can take over a game. Like, you know, I have three minutes, tight game. I need a guard to go down and just get me a bucket. That's that's Miles. Um, So I love this team. Experienced, rebounding, defense, athletic transition buckets galore. Uh I think they're a legit final four threat. Might go a little under the radar. And if you don't, you know, I have 80 to one. And they've been on, you know, they they blew out Kansas State. In the Big 12 though, I think you want to wait because teams are going to you're going to lose two to three in a row in this conference. It's like, so a wait to see, you know, at a low point um if you want to get in. But I believe in in TCU. Mike, let me kick it to you where you're from. Uh and uh Who are your futures, if you have any, or or targeting?
0: So also from the Philly area, grew up uh, in the Overbrook, Marion Station spot. So I was always a diehard St. Joe's fan. And, you know, if they win today, as of recording at this point, it looks like they're pretty good against LaSalle. You got to play that Lou Brown from uh, Major League quotes. Like, you win today and you win tomorrow. That's called a winning streak.
1: We win one tomorrow. That's called a winning streak. It has happened before.
0: So it'd be nice to see them win three in a row in the A-10 for the first time in a minute. Um, But obviously, postseason's not in their future. I went to Loyola, Maryland, talk about no school spirit. For a program, basketball, one of the worst home court advantages in all of college hoops. Uh, Although, when I was there, they paid a North Baltimore high school band to come in and play the music. And they had a lot of spirit. So that was pretty fun. That was about as good as we got um, in terms of firing up the crowd, you know, all 250 of us. But, you know, for college basketball, very similar for me, I like to hitch my wagon to the teams and players I fall in love with. You throw in these futures plays and all of a sudden you have interest throughout the entire season. I'll just mention the two tickets that I'm the most excited for. I got a good number on Houston, at least in my opinion, I got them at 11 to one. I still think they're the safest bet to at least get to the sweet 16. So there's some opportunities for them depending on their path. I think it's matchup dependent for them to go to the final four, but I feel pretty good about that. And recently I just bought back in on Creighton. Creighton was a very polarizing team because of what they've done, you know, early in the season and dropping games and opportunities and that losing streak. But I got them at 70 to one. So at this point, I'm going to touch on it for their game on Tuesday night against Butler. I think if they can finally prove they can win outside of Omaha, this is a team that has the inside-outside mix with Shireman and Calc Brenner to finally put it together. Will they do it? I don't know. But at 71, I, I think it's worth the proposition. So those are the two I'm most excited about. I got a Houston ticket. Um, that I got a good number at it, 45 to one. But I think it's dead without Nick Smith Jr., as we touched on earlier. But at least according to his father or his his family camp, he's going to try to give it a go to, to fire it back up. But I think even at this point, his knee has been so problematic that if he's able to play, is it more than a game or two? And realistically, I'm sure there's people in his ear saying, just shut it down and you know be a lottery pick next, next summer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love, love the crane pick. If you, if this is, you know, NFL still going on, if there was like an MVP, like Kalkbrenner, I mean, how, how important is he to everything that Creighton wants to do? And with him in the lineup, it is a completely different team as we've seen. I mean, they were, you saw them without him. It was, it was, it was tough. They had just no one to defend the rim and no one to go to inside. That is a, yeah, they they're, they're for real when fully healthy, which they are right now. BJ, I think most know that you're uh, – and we're going to talk about the Big Ten, an Iowa guy mm-hmm. from Iowa. Uh, yep. I, hope, I don't know if you have an Iowa future, but uh, what, what futures do you have or are you eyeing?
2: I, I mean, you know, it's funny you say that. So, yes, I was, I was born 20 minutes outside of Iowa City, and eventually I moved to the Des Moines area. I've never lived anywhere outside of Iowa except for a summer in London. That's the only time I've ever actually gone – anywhere outside of this wonderful state. But yes, I've actually bought back in at Iowa at hundred to one. They've gone through a little bit of a tough stretch in the non-conference. Obviously, you know, the loss to Eastern Illinois hurt quite a bit. Chris Murray didn't play in that game, but Chris Murray, he's just every bit as good as Keegan Murray was like his, his ability, his scoring ability. He's the number one player in shot quality in terms of taking high quality shots. You know, Patrick McCaffrey has taken a little bit of time. away. hopefully he gets better, but Peyton Sanford's now shooting the ball. Really, really well, and Iowa is due for a little bit of positive regression defensively. Obviously, they're outside the top 100 and Ken Palm in defensive defensive efficiency, but they are top 40 in shot quality. So, I think at 100 to one in a in a Big Ten, which we're going to touch on a little bit, where Purdue has looked pretty vulnerable, and then who's the next team outside of Purdue that could potentially overtake them? Iowa is a team that I think could potentially do that. And I don't know about you, Stuck, but I would rather have Iowa struggle during the regular season and get hot during March Madness rather than what happened last season to both Iowa and Kentucky. So um, yeah. And to, to back up off you, Mike, I also have to have bought back in on Creighton a little bit of a worse number at 50 to one, but this is a top 20 Ken Palm team, top 10 shot quality team. They've actually have the number one uh, strength schedule in the country right now, just highlights how difficult of a stretch they've gone through and they are not going to be a two or a three seed. They're going to be a very, very dangerous four or five. And the biggest thing with betting college basketball futures is you have to ask yourself, okay, is this team going to be this number by the time we reach March? And I don't think we're going to be see, seeing Creighton at 50 to one, a potentially a five or a six seed. So yes, I'm back in with uh, Creighton. Like you guys already mentioned, Calpenter is just so huge for them, but I mean, Baylor Sharman one of the best shooters in the entire country,
1: uh, which we see. Yeah. I, I have a, like, like, if you look at, I have Creighton right now as a top 10 team in my power yeah. ratings. Now there's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, in the NFL, in the NFL, there's, you know, if you have the top teams and then there's like a, a mush, it's not like there's a huge difference between, you know, 10 and 18, but yeah, uh, 50 to one on Creighton. You What did you, what did you have, Mike? 71? That's 70 to one value. Yeah. Uh, that team's going to be a tough out. They can score. The, the thing I worry about is I, with Iowa is, you know, we'll talk about this with, with futures, just rule of thumb. Like you don't, you want to add up just if you go to Ken Palm, add up your offensive and defensive efficiency. If you're, you know, if they add up to more than 50, it's, it's tough. And then that's going to be the question with Iowa. Can they get that defense uh, down to, you know, a, res- a more respectable level, which will be the question. So I guess let's just transition into the Big Ten now since we're talking about Iowa. I think – so uh, I'll talk – hi. Uh, and by the way, Mike, I, went, I actually went to St. Joe's for grad school. My my dad is a an alum, diehard St. Joe's fan. I've told this story before, but I called him – I bet on Oklahoma State – In the, I think it was the final four, Elite Eight, when John Lucas hit that shot. I was a drunk college kid, it was at ESPN Zone in Washington, D.C. I called him because, and as a drunk asshole, college kid, and I was like, I told, and he hung up on me, uh, didn't talk to me for three weeks. I was like, am I ever gonna talk to my dad again? Um, it it was one of my
0: best, uh, young journalistic opportunities. I got to interview Phil Martelli, uh, the next year and have like a sit down for an alumni magazine. And I just asked him at the end, I was like, you know, it was obviously painful for me as a St. Joe's fan. Would you have changed anything at all at the end of that game? And he's like, to be honest, you know, we played a really good game. They played a better game. And the last possession I got, you know, I got the ball in Jameer's hands and we're going to always roll the dice. The only thing he said is he preferred he shoot a three as opposed to a two at the end of the game, that's it. So even yeah. though it was it, it painful because it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to make the Final Four, it's not as though they choked that game or they you yeah. know, played really poorly on a big stage. And the fact that we got to knock off Chris Paul and Wake Forest in the previous round, I think, really stuck it to Billy Packer because he was just railing against uh, us the whole time. St. Joe's doesn't deserve the number one My Maya still now.
1: hates Billy Packer yeah. for that. Uh, yeah, and it, it, I would still feel bad because it is – you say a once in a lifetime for that is a once in a pro, like St. Joe's, a once in a program opportunity yeah. to get that far and then have it going in heartbreaking fashion. But anyway, I, back to the Big Ten. I'll go team, I'm selling, uh, and hopefully I'll, I'll probably sound like an idiot because we're recording this at halftime. I'm selling Purdue. Um, I, look, Matt Painter is a hell of a coach, they run great stuff. Zach Eady's just a matchup nightmare because he's so tall, but I, I think he's ultimately soft. And Look at their ser- Rounding pieces like, yeah, you're going to collapse and then they run great stuff. They're going to get open threes, but they're playing like sort of like two, three stars. And every time they play someone, someone's out or someone's hurt. You know, they get that call at Nebraska. They get the Turner by Ohio State after Key is hurt. I think this team's running really well uh, from a luck perspective. And I think they are at the peak of their value. I'm looking to sell them as much as I can uh, in the near future, including today. So after, you know, they win this game by 15 and you hear this. uh, Yes, I'm an idiot. Uh, And then the team I'm buying and I'm going to buy a feature on them is Ohio state. Uh, I do think, look, they had, when uh key went down, he's a huge, he's huge for their offensive rebounding, but I love their coach. I love the stuff that they run on offense and they're, they, they they're not too three point reliant and they can get a lot of boards. They need someone. I think that like sensible can be that guy that just ends up being the, the go-to guy. That's really what they're missing. I think a little bit, like not, they don't have a miles, right? Like I need a bucket at the end of the game. But I think Ohio State now is the time to buy them. Find You can find 90 to one, I think, on FanDuel. I will be uh, betting a future on them today. I'll put it in the app after uh, you guys listen to this. It'll probably already be in there. Um, but I, I think that this is the time to buy them. Like they could have easily beat Purdue, even with Key going down. They should have won at Rutgers. You know, it goes to overtime. They basically led the entire game. Fluky end. Um, but love the coach. Love the stuff they run. And I think that they, you know, in a year where there's no elite team, I think that's a team that can be going like this uh, at the time the tournament comes. And I think this is the time to buy Ohio State. So Ohio State is going to be my second future ad. Uh, Let me throw it to you, uh, BJ. And just, you said, you mentioned Iowa. Um, Is there... Other teams at the conference buying, selling. There's a lot of injury concerns, right? Like Indiana, is just not the same team without Xavier Johnson. You know, Ray Thompson is not there. What, what, uh, what are you eyeing in the Big Ten that is worthy of bringing up here?
2: I'm actually going to be buying, and not necessarily from a futures perspective, but just like a, a team that I think is going to be a great underdog as we go forward in the Big Ten season is Northwestern. They're currently sitting at 12 and 5. Their five losses have come against Auburn, Pitt, Rutgers, Ohio State, and Michigan. And for whatever reason, they just cannot hit a shot to save their life. They're 335th in effective field goal percentage, but they're a top 50 spacing team. They're a top five shot selection team, and they're top 25 in turnover percentage allowed. So that's what I look for as teams that are not going to turn the ball over. They're getting good shots, and eventually some of those shots are actually going to fall down. Plus, they are a top 15 Ken Palm team. They're third and two-point field goal percentage allowed. They're top 30 in turnover percentage. Like, they are going to be a very, very good underdog as they play face some of these teams like Purdue, like Ohio State, where they're going to be six, seven point underdogs. They're playing Iowa uh tomorrow. Uh, so that's gonna be a little bit of a, a difficult situation. But as we go forward in the season, oops, sorry. Uh as we go forward in the season, I think that Northwestern is definitely gonna be an underdog to buy. Plus, they've got a ton of experience. Like they have t- they have three seniors and two juniors, and they're starting five. So uh I think that this Northwestern team could potentially make a run, probably not win the big 10, but definitely make some noises to go throughout the rest of the season.
1: Yep. Don't mind that. all, Mike, what are you uh, seeing the big 10, either from a uh, buyer sell perspective or just an overall theme? Well, just to react to both of your
0: points, um, you know, can Fletcher law- lawyer keep shooting like this for Purdue because Coming into this game against Michigan State, he was 15 for 30 from three-point range in Big Ten play. They were up to almost nine made threes per game in conference play. That once they shoot like that from the perimeter, you, you can't beat Purdue. But I just don't see that as a long-term solution for them to be able to balance out their offense. And yes, Painter is a great regular season coach, but I need to see it in the postseason with basically, I mean, he's had this kind of architecture for his team before around a dominant big and not been able to get it done. So yeah. I'm not in a position to be buying
1: on the Boilermakers. I will bring up something interesting from hey, a- Painter gets a pass by the way, because Kentucky lost to St. Peter's. So people think, they, so no one, no one gives Purdue shit for losing the St. Peter's um, in the spot of all spots. Like they just beat Kentucky. How do you lose them? But they, they no one will ever remember that because Kentucky lost the same. And rightfully so, but go ahead, I'm sorry. But I guess. And a
0: shout out to BJ. Uh, one of my favorite college football trips. I, I go on a big trip every year. I've been to like forty-five major campuses for games. Iowa City, very underrated. Had a great time. Best buying, college mine football tavern for wings. In mine tavern messed me up. It was phenomenal. So I had a great time there. Great atmosphere. Waving to the kids. All that good stuff. I'll also put on the fact that I play college fantasy basketball, which means that there's six or seven guys that I'm laser focused on on a weekly basis. And I have Chris Murray on my team. And because I'm watching their games so closely, I've been keeping an eye on P- Peyton Sanford and what he's Sheesh. meant to them in the last month. Cause this he's is a awesome. guy at the beginning of the year. He's barely playing off the bench. He was averaging seven points per game in their first 10 last four 18 points per game and that performance with Murray going to the bench early on Sunday against Maryland and they still blew out the Terrapins I think that's a good sign for them moving forward that they don't need him to don the Superman cape to win games in conference going away so I'm kind of bullish on where Iowa is but I put them in the same bucket as a lot of those home and away split teams I've discussed before like I want to see it away from Iowa City and put together some good performances even if they don't necessarily win but just like do not lay an egg on the road because that's what always concerns me with McCaffrey teams finally for me the team that if you want to go on a roller coaster ride why not buckle into the fighting Illini because when you look at their ceiling this year they beat Texas they beat that UCLA win keeps getting better and better Underwood blasts the whole team it looks like they got a mutiny on their hands and now all of a sudden Terrence Shannon Jr. who I was worried would just you know kind of check out mentally he's been playing really really well and I think this now puts them in a ceiling to be in the top three in the Big Ten but also there's if everything goes wrong, they could be a bottom four team. So from a a high volatility standpoint, I like the fighting line. I, at least to play them until this hot streak wanes a little bit, because with him playing as well as he is, it's not just scoring the basketball. He's a stat sheet stuffer. So he means so much to their team. Illinois is a team that as of right now, it's a buy for me, which I I say with trepidation, because
1: we all know (laughs) how crazy they've been this season. Yeah. Tough team uh, to crack, but I don't know why I just thought of this, but keep in mind, Teams, when you're like markets getting every market's getting more efficient by the day. If you're betting a favorite uh, in college basketball now, you know you're laying you know somewhere between two and six, and you have a guy. Take a look at their at the team, and you have a guy at the end of the game that is automatic from the line. That's going to just. I can't even tell you how many covers that's going to decide. Uh, I, I think I've lost or pushed three bets fading Xavier because Boom never misses a free throw. Um and then like a guy like Sir uh, Sir Jabari Rice of Texas he's like ninety percent they just get him the ball he will make every free throw down the stretch I don't know why I just thought of that but keep that in mind um but yeah Big Ten I I, I agree with that every, all all the thoughts here um Purdue is down three right now I even if they lose this game I still think that they're going to be overvalued um yeah they're and, minus one twenty
2: uh, right now to win the Big Ten
1: yeah I did. Joke. I know, Mike, you only went – you went to Iowa for the game, but I would argue that Ames is a better – Oh, experience. shut up. <laughs> Des Moines is yeah. a hell of a city too. Let's yeah, shout out
2: shout country. out,
1: Drake. Yeah. They
2: should, they're, uh, they were the MVC favorites. They, they got and, that uh, nice uh, skywalk when it's like negative 15 degrees. Hey, so the, the you Nap, don't even have to go outside. The Nap Center gets rocking when Drake's playing good, man.
1: Big, big win for Drake this weekend. And you want to talk – we talked about home roads, but let's take a look at Bradley. Uh, there is no team that is – they are Jekyll and Hyde at home. They are a monster on the road. They are they are awful. I think, uh, shout out to Metrics. and they, I forget, I think it's metrics who has the away from home uh, metric and they are dead last in the country, um, which just, it's a, a metric that basically shows the dichotomy between your performance at home and the road. Anyway, yeah, don't further notice, do not bet Bradley on the road, only fade them. As a reminder, before we go any further, college basketball season is in full swing. So get in on the action with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and receive first bet insurance up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey. or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi, in Ontario. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. All right, let's move on to Tuesday night. Before we get to our best bet, you know, lines aren't out yet, but we can kind of project where they'll be.
2: Hang on, let me pull up the uh, the award winning Action Network app. Here. Yeah, the,
1: a great time for the plug. Yeah, it looks like there's some openers out there. Okay, uh, so let's before we get to a you know bet or two, if you want to mention a couple, no harm there. Uh, but let's talk Kansas, Kansas State. Kansas looks like on the open at two and a half point favorite at Kansas State. I'm wor- I'm a little worried about the Kansas State defense, especially in transition. One of the reasons why I love TCU against them, they really struggle there. But this is uh, I mean, this is the spot of spots for Kansas state. I mean, they, they're coming off a game where they got crushed. Kansas is like they're winning, but I, they're winning by two, four, three. Um, can we trust the Kansas state defense enough in a slam home spot here? Um, because uh, everything that I know and in my gut is telling me this is a Kansas state or nothing bet. Uh BJ, let me throw it to you. What do you see here? yeah i'm with you
2: this is kansas state or nothing um you know kansas like i already mentioned off the top they're 5-0 in the big 12 with four wins by four points or less like they're due for some negative aggression defensively especially at the rim which kansas state does get to the rim at a top 20 rate in the country and they are also eight yeah. in shot selection and they're very very good in transition where kansas is outside the top 100 as well so kansas state offensively should be able to thrive here um The thing that worries me, though, Stuck, and, you know, I don't typically look into past uh, performances because obviously teams change from year to year, but Kansas has won 15 of the last 16 in this rivalry, Um, which, you know, obviously that will be on the minds of Kansas State. But again, I agree with you. Can Kansas State get enough stops to win this game? They didn't look that great against TCU over the weekend. It was obviously a terrible spot for them coming off. Uh, you know, 100-point performance against Texas and a couple other yeah, wins. Yeah, TCU
1: off two, like, r- tough right. losses. Right, it was just a terrible spot. spot for TCU.
2: Yep, terrible spot. But yeah, this is a slam spot here for Kansas State. Two and a half.
1: We'd love to get three. It's, it look, It's know, a little I'd juice love, on I was, an open. I have it here. If I, I get literally three. have
2: it here in my notes. I was like, if Kansas State gets to three and a half or four, I'm there. Oh, but yeah, yeah. At two and Even a half is it's hard.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, I think Kansas, in a way, is like the, the team. Now, they're getting away with it, but they're like, they Eventually, know how good they are. To able to do yeah. Like they know how good they are. So they're kind of like, they're not as focused as they probably will be come March and stuff. will have them. So they're just ripe to get picked off here. And it's not, it's not even going to derail their Yeah, Okay. They lost to Kansas state. This is, this team's going to be there in the end. I think this is the spot that they, they're just going to get picked off. Uh, do you disagree, Mike? What do you see here in this matchup?
0: I mean, there's lots of like with K state. They share the ball incredibly well. They're six nationally in assist to made bucket percentage in the whole country. My concern here is that they get worked on the offensive glass. They're 240th in terms of giving up offensive boards. And here comes Jalen Wilson, double-double in two of his last three games. Keontae Johnson, it's critical that he plays well in this game. And you've seen what's happened lately for him. He's had a lot of turnovers, 17 turnovers in his last four games for a guy that shouldn't be in turnover-worthy situations all that often. So I think if Wilson really dominates him, then all the pressure slides over to their Arkansas Little Rock transfer. Marquise Noel has been phenomenal. Amazing. And when he scored 17 plus this year, they're six and no. When, and when you look at games where he scored less than that, that's two of their blowout losses um, to Butler by double digits on the road, one of those. So, I don't know. I, I think I agree with your assessment from both of you guys, where if you're going to play it, play it on the money line, K-State gets this win. Otherwise it's a pass because I just don't see Kansas doing enough right now at a really high level to justify them winning comfortably by, you know, seven, eight points, which is where you want to be in a spot laying points like this. So yeah, I, I think it's a pass for me, but I'm intrigued by what K-State's been able to do and all the holes they've been able, able to plug in the transfer portal.
1: Yep. Yeah, this is yeah. I agree. I think it's it's Kansas State spot and nothing three would be lovely. And uh, another plug: make sure you follow along on the award-winning Action Or Gap to see what we do end up betting for tomorrow. Speaking of tomorrow's slate, let's uh, call out a uh, a spot or two for what you have as uh, your favorite bet. I guess as of now, there are openers out there. I'm going to start. We just talked about the loaded Big Twelve, Texas Tech. Is winless. They lost by six at TCU, lost by three at home to Kansas, lost in overtime to Oklahoma, then got destroyed by Iowa State. Lead the whole game at Texas in a great effort, lose by two. They, now they're at home against Baylor in a in an absolute slam spot. I, what, I think they're going to be a one point favorite here, um, and the, I, they're they're also a different team now that AMAC has. Returned. Um, Him in the middle just makes them much more dynamic from multiple perspectives, and I think that their defense here can slow down Baylor. Uh, This is a a great crowd here. Uh, This is a Texas Tech slam spot here. I think they get their first win over a Baylor team that's just not right right now. Um, I know that you know they've won two straight. They looked okay against Oklahoma State. They won at West Virginia, but they're still searching for that interior play uh it's just they just haven't been that impressive i love what i saw from texas tech over the weekend i think they get this win here i think it's a great spot to back them at minus one or on the money line uh, yeah. I, I think you, ba- Baylor definitely. certainly needed
0: Flagler to play at an all American level for them to achieve, you know, their preseason goals. And even yeah. though, as you pointed out, they won those last two, he's not taking those games over and he should have been a good enough three point shooter coming into the year to be able to have those games where he cans four or five trays and really takes over, but that hasn't materialized. So I agree with you, despite their overall talent level at this point in the season, there's enough of a body of work to say like, is this their ceiling and they're just not going to get any better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For those not familiar, AMAC is a, uh, the Utah Valley transfer, um, 6'11", kid. Uh, I think he had, what, 12 or 14 against Texas. Uh, he just changes that entire team. He didn't play. It took, this weekend was the first game that he played this year. Uh, BJ, let me go to you. Any thoughts there or any other game that you have, uh, Circle?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go to the SEC, um, and I'm going to take Mississippi State. Uh, Ken Palm has it at six.
1: Can they score? Can, can, can they score? State That's the score? question,
2: Stuck, because the last time these two teams played, which was about two weeks ago, Uh, Tennessee opened on a 16-0 run and beat them by 34. Uh, They went 77% from the floor and 12 of (laughs) 22-21 from behind the arc. Uh, And I think what you saw against Saturday Saturday against Kentucky is that shooting regression is going to come eventually for Tennessee. It actually obviously happened on Saturday. But Mississippi State, in that game against Tennessee, only two of those 22 or 21 three-pointers were considered open three-point shots. In fact – uh, Mississippi State actually won the game, uh, the, sh- the shot quality uh, game, which is kind of astonishing considering they lost by 34. But it's a team that's just due for a lot of positive aggression. They're one and four in the SEC right now. They won every single game by shot quality, even against Auburn on Saturday. Mississippi State went over 18 from behind the three point line. Now they're
1: only shooting a little over
2: 28% from on the season. And I understand that Kentucky is the number one defensive team on Ken Palm, but Mississippi State cannot continue to shoot this bad from the floor. I mean, there's a little over 61% from the free throw line. Like that's one of the worst marks in the country and Tennessee. I mean, they're just really not that great of an offensive team. And that was just on display Saturday against Kentucky. Like they're only shooting a little over 33% from behind they the arc. They turn it
1: over too much. They yeah, turn they... over a
2: ton. Plus Mississippi state, a top 10 turnover team defensively. So Mississippi state also top 10 in defensive efficiency as well. So this is just one of those classic, like everybody's going to say, Oh my gosh, they just completely blew the doors off from last time. Of course I'm going to take Tennessee. So I love these spots
1: too when you're like a highly ranked team lost and then everyone thinks that they're going to bounce back on the road and you usually can snag a little bit of value there. So I don't hate it. Yeah, Tennessee's opponents are shooting (laughs) 21.3% from three. The single season record, I think Norfolk State has it, at uh, 25.3%. Oh, my gosh. They're at 21 like this isn't some defense that we've never They're a great defense, but it's not some defense that we've never seen before that teams are going to shoot 20% from three. Uh so yeah, there's some regression coming Tennessee's way. And uh, yeah, they get they get away with a lot of stuff on the defensive end, right like very crafty uh grab and hold, and they take charges and uh I mean, Mississippi State might get some calls here as well. I, I agree. It's a great spot for Mississippi State. Uh Mike, what do you got?
0: I'm going to try to buy myself some time if anyone can look up the Creighton-Butler opener or projection. Creighton minus six at Butler. Six. I'm still going to roll the dice on Creighton. I think they're going to get hot at this point in the season. You'll look at what they did in their last game. 60 points out of the trio of Cal Brenner. Uh, shireman and trey alexander that's the offensive engine if that can travel i think they're good enough to win the big east tournament you know come march and i think they're going to put it together and this is an opportunity to show it against a butler team that i think is going to be outgunned in this particular game so i'll lay the six i was hoping it'd be a little bit closer to five i'll probably play it up to seven Um, but the blue jays at this point in the season it's I think the stink of that four to five game losing streak is now finally off of them and it's going to take a little bit for the public to catch up but a game like this say they had one one or no two. Ba- no many
1: Bates too for Butler I had I know that, that is absolutely huge and that they had their one game without him bump I think and then now it's the second yeah. game but that's massive.
0: Just defensively, it's going to require them to put extra attention on Brenner. I think it's going to result in a lot of open looks on the perimeter for the Blue Jays in this game. So going to go ahead and slam Creighton in this spot. And I think this is going to be the best number you're going to get them for a little bit. So might as well take advantage at this point.
1: By the way, Rice, I need, I'm going to bring this up because I want someone, maybe you guys, if I forget, if Rice plays UTEP in the conference tournament, we are betting UTEP. Uh, Why is that? If you didn't see over the weekend... Rice won at UTEP, I think a week and a half ago in overtime. And then they won at the buzzer at home on a crazy. It was an amazing shot. Like basically behind the backboard at the bell. Their coach, Scott Perra, he went but I've never seen it. He went bananas. He went like to the crowd. He, he was He did I, not act like he had been there before. That that was I was sending people this video. They were like, That's is that that's not the coach. They thought it was like a uh, an alumni or like a booster. And then, so UTEP refused. They were like, we're not shaking. What are you doing? Not shaking hands. And he is then like clapping at them, like waving by to them. Oh man. Um, so I don't know, but UTEP is going to, is waiting for their second shot. Um, they probably should have beat them twice, lost both times, but the way that Rice handled that game, man, uh, I don't know. UTEP, if UTEP gets a shot at them again, it's gonna be hard not to bet them. Just wanted to bring that up. Uh, But good stuff there. Um, Follow along on the Action Network app, as always, and uh, actionnetwork.com. We have write-ups and previews every day. team does an incredible job. Uh, That's going to do it for us. By the way, if you leave a review, they really help us out. But a lot of people left some great reviews during uh, the football season for Big Bets on campus. Leave a review. They really help us out. But we have some giveaways our producer will shout out now.
0: Thanks a lot, Stucky. Yes, thank you to everyone that sent us wonderful End of year reviews as we closed out a successful college football bowl season. Want to select five winners here? Email me at podcasts at actionnetwork.com to claim your prize. Winners are Kevin, one, two, three, four, 1, two. Hook-a-man, Tilt-O-Logic, <laughs> Booty-assin. Booty-assin, what a nice review. Especially calling it overproduced but adds some comical value. What incredible praise! Thank you, and Jacob Hedin, thank you for your review, JF76. So to JF, Jacob, Booty, Tilto,
2: Hookaman, and Kevin, please email me to claim your prize.
1: Uh, but that'll do it for us. A little it feels good. To talk college basketball again. Uh, it's just the start of it. We'll have three-man weave midweek. We'll have myself, BJ, and Mike back on Friday. And that'll be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, throughout the rest of the season. We'll have some some guests on. Um, We'll build a futures portfolio, preview the weekend uh, throughout. So it'll be a lot of fun. Appreciate everyone listening. Good stuff, guys. Thanks to our audio and video team on the back end. Uh, As always, tell a friend, tell an enemy, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe. Uh, Thanks to our uh, sponsor, BetMGM. That'll do it for us. Let's go find some winners and we'll catch y'all later. Cheers.